big stone man is coming back on here again. Get out of my way, kid. You just move along, kid. I got my things here to sell. Just move along there, kid. You move along there, kid. I got my stuff here to sell. I don't want to mess around with you. I don't want to... Oh, yes, uh, we'd like to salute a sporting event. Would you uh, bring on the natives, our restless... Cut there for me, George. Thank you very much. Yes, the mankind moves on, striving ever upward and onward, reaching, grasping for the straws of eternity. <laughs> That's well put. <laughs> Got it. Well put. <laughs> I like that. He's doing another one of those programs tonight. Please turn him off, will you, Charles? I can't stand it when he does. Please bring that up there. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, we'd like to salute the sporting event that just took place in Lima, Peru. And I think you'd all enjoy this one if you had a chance to see the simple and wonderful... Uh, that's skipping in there, George. Really, of course, it's true. You've heard one, which Dr. Chant, you've heard them all, but... Uh, Depends on whether you're an evil spirit. Any any evil spirits out there tonight? Like to get expunged, huh? <laughs> Be careful. I, we're playing a fertility chant here, in case you're interested. So if you turn up the radio, something bad, blah, blah, happen. Uh, it goes even beyond all that stuff that you can buy in the little jugs there. Bring it up there big there. Yeah, that's a fertility chant. That's what it is. That's right. They claim it's even more effective when it's transmitted electronically. In fact, uh, they broadcast this on New Guinea radio one year, and 5,222 ladies were pregnant before nightfall. But uh, you bring that up, we'll just lay it on there, and, that, and it's going to really cause a lot of problems. Staten Island, yeah, there it goes. Oh, there they go with the rattles. There it goes. Oh, that's when it really starts. Oh, I feel it tickling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hey, stop it there. Oh, but you keep it there, George. Yeah, we'd like to tell you what happened in Lima, Peru. Ever been in Lima? I yeah. By God, I've been everywhere. Has that occurred to you, George, everywhere? I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I really have been everywhere, and it just bothers me. Yeah, it does. That's why I got that funny look in the eye. I realize this earth is no bigger than a medium-sized Swedish meatball. And it's got about the same consistency in many ways. A little gravy here and there. Lima, Peru. Two men were killed and 12 wounded yesterday in the annual battle for wives in the Cuzco region. It's kind of a nice neighborhood southwest of Peru. Uh, newspapers reported today in the traditional native ritual. <laughs> it's kind of a nice one. I... <laughs> hey, 400 peasants on horseback, all armed with slings, fought for eight hours to determine... Who would marry the young women? And the battle was followed by a joyous wedding ceremony. You know, they did it en masse. It's a, it's a, just leave that one sneak in there, George. The announcement that two men died in the battle was greeted with applause. Since this uh, signifies, according to native tradition, that the harvest will be good this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I like that one. That'd make a hell of a movie, you know. Starring Dustin Hoffman, I can see him. He's leading this crowd, you know, riding on a horse there with a sling, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not easy being sensitive. And, uh, that's it. Just let that thing dribble down over That's This is tonight's salute to Alka-Seltzer. Bring it on there. It's kind of good, yeah. Nice, 
Nice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what you're listening to, don't you? Doesn't make a difference anyway, does it? At this stage of the game, it doesn't make a difference what you're listening to, does it, friend? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, listen to that, Bugs. Yes, uh, we've dropped the microphone right down into the biggest cockroach nest this side of Lima, Ohio. Of course, they pronounce it Lima out there, which is... Where they are out in Ohio. Just, uh, just uh, come out, ooze it in there. Come on, there you go. They blowing that horn good? Real good, yeah. Oh, up there we go. That's trouble. You can't count on them, though. Well, one minute you're looking at them, the next minute they got your head on. Hey, stop it, baby. Hey, 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 come on, baby. One minute they're looking at you, the next minute they got your head on a stick. Has it? Toast it like a marshmallow over the weeds there. Yeah, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I've heard that before. Now you're going to start about the business of washing the dishes. Now look, honey, I ain't even really Look, you do your thing, I'll do mine, right? You want me to bring the dough in? Well, you wash the dishes. Cut out the yelling. I know. Get off my knee for crying out loud. Uh, don't bring your daughter on. That won't help you now. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, we'd like to also salute another little thing that's happening there. The world is really moving in good directions here. It's the first creative idea I've heard in years. Yes, sir. Ghana. Took place in Ghana. An undertaker in Ghana believes in sending off his patrons in style. A dead driver drove away to glory, so to speak. Relatives chose as his coffin... A beautiful blue six-foot model of a Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> yeah, later Wade style there. That's with the automatic transmission, too. Others have flown away in caskets designed as eagles. Big old eagle there. And they swam away in shark-like caskets. Or they paddled away in canoe-shaped coffins. His latest design, which has caused a lot of talk in Ghana, is a tribute to Ghana's cocoa farmers. It is an oval orange coffin with a touch of green, representing a gigantic six-foot cocoa pod. So if you hang on cocoa, you can lay it away as a cocoa pod. <laughs> oh, man. How can you be bored in this world? Ain't no way, George. Whoa, yeah, yeah, I understand, honey. That's enough. Get away, baby. Get away. I paid you. There we go. Hey, stop it there. Stop it there. Stop it there. I don't want to hear that. What's that? That Alka-Seltzer spot again? There he is. He's heaving away there. Well, what are you going to do? You drink enough beer? That'll happen to you. Well, let's see. We got the speaking. Of, yeah, yeah. You put that up there, Big George. Yeah. While you're doing that, I'd like to lay a little commercial on you here. How about those bugles, George? We'll bring out the bugles for General Tire. Oh, all right, else. <laughs> Thank you, George. Ain't that romantic? Oh, yeah. That's Portuguese music. Yeah, nothing like Portuguese. Hey, friend, right out, you know, you're driving along the Long Island Expressway now and nothing but bleakness ahead of you. How would you like to be tooling up the coast of Portugal right now, man? Stopping off for a little lobster, a little wine. Well, I would like to recommend that you listen for one moment 
you can buy yourself an incredible eight-day fly-and-drive tour. That means a car a whole bit. Eight days fly-and-drive tour all over Portugal for only 270 bucks, man. Because the people at TAP, the Intercontinental Airline of Portugal, have put that fantastic country on sale until the 30th of April. That includes a round-trip economy air for 270 bucks for a whole week. You couldn't even live in Trenton for a week. The way Trenton's going, I mean, man, all that magnificent wine, oh. You better call them. The sale ends the 30th of April, and the number in New York is 421. Call TAP, 421-8500. You call them quick, man. Them seats still up. Fill up awful fast. Hold it there. Play a little bit too much of that stuff and get my blood pumping away here. My face gets red and I start hollering. Whew, man. <laughs> You've seen me do that, George. Not good either. Hey, you know, speaking of Portugal, I might as well lay this one on you right now. You ever, ever try that great rosé that they've got in Portugal? That's the wine of Portugal, friend. Rosé. And uh, one of the best wines to come out of out of Portugal is Costa do Sol. Costa do Sol. C-O-S-T-A. Costa means coast. Dio do of. Sol. S-O-L. Sun. Uh, the coast of the sun. And it's fantastic rosé. It's a, it's a very, it's a very light, beautifully light wine, you know? Uh, blow your bezel right off your ear, man. Oh, it's great. And uh, if you uh, would never heard of this one, uh, it's a vintage rosé, and Costa del Sol is only produced in vintage years. Special wine. And it's aged until the flavor is just right. And it's bottled on an estate. It's a estate bottle. The same people who grow the grapes make the wine. And uh, incidentally, it's the only Portuguese table wine ever to win a gold medal at the international contest in Budapest. And them Budapestians are mean when it comes to wine. They don't give gold medals to everybody. Phew. Bad. Bad. They got bad eyes. And they handed a good one here to Costa do Sol. And by the way, this is vintage rosé. Costa do Sol is imported by the Allens of M.S. Walker, Inc., Boston, Mass. You can buy it in a big, big, big quart bottle. Shoo. Gazoom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel mean tonight. Bad, mean tonight. You notice that? I mean, I like that guy getting a lead away there dressed up as a coconut pod. Or is it a cocoa pod? <laughs> Somehow, that's style, man. That's style. Just think, if, if 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 they brought that over here, you could, you know, I mean, if you was in the mafia, they could lay you away in a gigantic six-foot uh, Smith & Wesson 38 over and under shotgun. You know, it just kind of looked nice. A sawed-off barrel, it kind of looked good there. A lot of flowers all over it there. Yes, indeed. Man, I'll tell you, it's all silly putty in a yard wide, which reminds me, this is W-O-R New York? Yes, sir. It's New Yorkie. 
Uh, let's see. We got another commercial here, I think. I'm going to lay the Chinese one on you there. Yes, sir. It's the same restaurant where Charlie Chan got that fantastic waistline. It is. He used to hang around there a lot. That's uh, the Glade Shanghai, as he pointed it. Yeah, way he'd say Glade Shanghai. The sweet and sour dishes of Honan in the center of China. The highly spiced and fiery dishes of Setsuan in the west. The succulent flavors of the Wicked Witch of the East. And the delicious Cantonese specialties from the south are all there. They have all these special chefs there at the Great Shanghai. By the way, they have their Sunday brunch. That's where old Charlie put it on, man. Oh, terrible. He used to go up there. He'd, he'd check in at 11 o'clock. They had to throw him out at 4 I actually wheel him out. Because uh, all you can eat from 11 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, a superb buffet for only $2.75. Children under 4 feet tall are only a dollar and a half. Used to take Key Luke in there. The Great Shanghai, Broadway at 103rd. There's an IRT station right there. That's the Great Shanghai, Broadway at 103rd. Bum, ba dum, bum, ba. Wait, here I have it here. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you, you heard that little thing about the natives galloping around there. That uh, that thing there with the with the marrying the chicks, you know, and the harvest at the time. Well, I was in the Cusco region. I've, I've been everywhere. This bothers me. And it sounds so phony. Every time I pick up a newscast today or read anything, I turn to somebody and say, I've been there, of course. I have, and I hate to say it. Like, you know, have you, you heard Tehran's been in the news the other day? You know, the earthquake? I was there. I just got out. It was wiggling. It was beginning to jiggle when I left. Yeah, 35 miles off the side of town there. The roof fell in. I'll be darned. <laughs> Maybe, if, you know, it's, uh, after I left, not much left. The place just caved in. But, uh, you know, that's the way it is. And, and you just keep moving around. You, you, the more you move around... Uh, the more uh, the more sense of humor you generally get. It's a fact, you know. I sitting around there, I I was looking out the window. That you know, just the other day, I was in the in the plane. You know that uh, some of these uh, round the world tours are so fast now. Some of these airlines, you, know, you can go around the world in in a week. I I did it in a week. Oh yeah, and so fast now that the that the souvenir stands are wheeled right into the plane when the, when the plane lands, and the, you don't have time to get out. You know fool around with that kind of stuff. They just wheel it right in there and you can buy your souvenirs. A guy from Karachi goes up and down the aisle there and he sells you little ding-dongs and temple bells and jazz like that and you can load up on that stuff. Then you don't have to get out walk around the streets. They're hot and smelly and all that stuff, you know. They sell you postcards and lay a little of that couscous on you and then you take off and go on to the next country. The way to go, go in style. Go all the way, friend. Yeah, that's all right. I see that. Oh, what are you doing? You're gluing your mustache back on, Jerry. What is it? Come off again? Oh, well. That's what happens when it rains. It didn't rain. I guess the glue is getting hard. Uh, listen, I see a place here where you can buy worthless stocks. <laughs> I bet a lot of you know that place. <laughs> yeah, you can buy worthless stock here, and I just like to hold it up. This is coming to my file of trivia here. Yeah, so they know what it was like in our day and time. Says for just pennies a share, you can now become a tycoon, a robber baron, a corporate giant, and you can buy all these uh, stock coupons. You can, you know, you can, you can wallpaper your room with it. These are the very coupons that cause strong men to leap from tall structures. Says uh, the stock turned out to be worth nothing. 
And now they're selling the certificates at three dollars and a half each. How do you like that for chutzpah, friends? Chutzpah. Patui. Six of one, half a dozen the other. You set them up the next alley, and old Shep's going to lay them in there, man. His hook is working tonight. Now, would you please, if you will, George, ein schwei, unter schwagen, ein schwei, with the glockenspiel, anything, George, that's it, ein Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's it, you're sneaking up on me, I can tell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just uh, reserved this here tonight. I reserved this for a special thing here. This is ego time here on the old, on the old corral there. It's ego time. In just a moment, I'm going to stand up and stretch to my full 7,000 feet high, tall. Let's go. You hear that? You're listening. I'm talking. You're listening out there. Let's let you know who the boss is. I'm talking. You're listening. It is me. It is I. It is, uh, me, I, I, it is I, me, the boss, the boss. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You sit down. I am talking on a great Loudenspieler, the big boomer here, the Louden boomer. Boom. You listen, me talk. Me, chief, you Indian. week, this concerned radio station takes this opportunity to uh, put the listener in his place. Remember, you're a listener, we're a talker, and there's a big difference. This is sent to you as part of the public service department of this station. That's it. Very good. E-Power Biggs on the thing there. Yeah, well, once in a while, it's, it's wise. It's, uh, I think it's very important to... Uh, you give people too much rope, you know, the next thing you know, they think they're important. They start running around yelling, writing letters and all that stuff. you got to put them in their place. I don't know who they are. I think we ought to do a general tire here. What do you say, George? Let's get a good running start. Run, run at it. Oh, I love this one. Oh, I love bugles. Yeah, yeah, where is it? Where the hell? Oh, yeah, here it is. Four-ply nylon core general jet tubeless side walls, white walls, in popular size 650.13 that everybody's singing about is now anniversary price at only $66 for a complete set of four tires. And they're smarter than the average Ranger. The larger sizes, the long mileage general jet white walls are also on sale at comparable savings. Look for the big red general tire G, your one-stop car care headquarters. See Joe Callahan at Nassau General Tire Service, 154 Front Street, Hempstead, New York. <laughs> Smarter than the average ranger. Yes, Whoo, that's a great one. That was a good spot, wasn't it? <laughs> what are you laughing about, George? <laughs> We're going to get nowhere this way. You know that, don't you? <laughs> hey, listen, I'll award you a brass figly with a bronze oak leaf palm. If you can tell me who Yogi's friend was. Yeah, yeah, you remember Yogi Bear? I'm not talking about Yogi bear I'm talking about Yogi Bear. You remember Yogi? You know, I say, I'm smarter than the average ranger. Remember that? All right, well, what was the name of his friend? He had a friend. Kind of stunted in growth. I guess he started to smoke too early. That'll stunt you. Stunt you. Is that why you're such a little shrimp? Huh? 
stunted, huh? <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well, all, not all radishes grow to their full height. By the way, I have to like radishes. Please, please. No, no. Ishka Bibble, where'd you get that? What is it tonight? Is it just people are mad. By the way, speaking of madness, before you go away, friends, uh, being already deluged with people who've uh, complained because they missed the show at Red Bank. Well, you got a chance yet, yes, sir. And uh, once again, we're going to do a benefit for old WPRB, my favorite college radio station. And uh, we're going to do this big show for WPRB, which is the Princeton station. And once again, Shepard's great, fabulous, unbelievable, fantastic underwater ballet will be performed at Alexander Hall, Princeton University, Saturday, April the 22nd at 8.30 p.m. The silver-tongued devil comes to Jersey again. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, if you'd like to come to this show, it's going to cost you $3.50, which ain't bad. After all, I'm funnier than the average ranger. $3.50 per ticket. Check or money order should be made out to WPRB. After all, it's a benefit for them. You just write out your check. WPRB, Box 342, Princeton, New Jersey. And the zip is 08540. Or you can pick up your tickets right now. They're on sale now at the Princeton University Store, 36 University Place, Princeton, New Jersey. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to Alexander Hall. By the way, this is a fantastic place to sacrifice a virgin in. Is that nice? My producer just held up a sign that said, Boo, boo. I say boo again. What do you mean, you booing me? Remember, bite the hand of Fiji and you'll have to get it bitten off right up to the elbow, friend. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, that doesn't make sense, does it? No, that's true. Chicken feed. That's all. Chicken feed. I'm the only guy in the crowd here that eats acorns. Roasted. I said, with cream on them. And, uh, yes, we've we just discovered, you're right, 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 uh, don't call up anymore, we've discovered, we found out who Yogi's little friend is, it's Lucy. You're right, you're right, and if you keep calling like that, I'm liable to fall up, right all over the phone here. Hey, Didi, what's the matter? <laughs> I just feel like this tonight, you know? I say... I mean, if guys can go around getting buried dressed up as cocoa pods, I say, what the heck, we can sit here and contemplate the infinite. And uh, I hope the crops are good this year. I really do. I hope the crops are good. I don't know whether the women were good, but I hope the crops are good. And it's very important. Now, of course, uh, you can understand why those guys do that in Cusco. I was in Cusco. It's kind of dreary. Yeah, it's sort of like a desert, you know. Guys sort of stand around. There's llamas there. You know what is it, a llama? Actually, you pronounce it yama. It's two L's, you know. Not like a llama that you go, you sit on the mountain, and he looks at you, and he says, a life is a milk of, is a drink of water, or is a malted milk or something. You know, you, you know what? There's two kinds of llamas, right? There's the yogi llama that squats, hands out advice. Free, of course. <laughs> yeah. And the pigs, you know what? But uh, on the other hand, uh, we're talking about llama. You know, that, 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 did you ever see a llama? It's with the two L's. You know, llama. Oh, do they spit. They can spit 40 feet. Hit a six-inch circle. Zap. And smell bad. They're good looking, though, in a sort of a spooky way. But that describes a lot of friends I've got, so what the heck. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm very tolerant. 
It's one of my problems. You notice how tolerant I am? Very tolerant. You don't hear me hollering at Bob Alden. I mean, people should be hollering. I don't, you know, I don't... I'm very tolerant. The, the, the trouble with being too tolerant, you know, you can you can just carry that out. Now, if you think you got it bad, listen, here, I got another little note here. Uh, in Kampala. Kampala. I've not been in Kampala, I must say. Although I've been in that place. Uh, I've been in Uganda. I haven't been in Kampala. Uh, the soldiers in the Uganda army are going to be kicked out of the army unless they attend church services three times a week. Boy, I'll bet there's griping in the John the latrine about that one. <laughs> I mean, armies are the same anywhere you go. <laughs> when they laid that one on them, I could see the I could see the first sergeant landing on him, you know, and all these guys say, all right, at ease, you guys. The king says that you're going to go to church three times a week. I'll tell you, you know, I actually saw that happen one time, though. You ever had that happen to you? Where they give you compulsory something like that? You haven't had that? Oh yeah, I, I remember one time I, I go down to the to the to the uh, you know they used to always say uh, go go see your uh, chaplain, go see the chaplain. You ever you ever do you actually go see the chaplain? You ever do it? You did? You actually did, George? No, you didn't. Come on, you ain't the type to go to chaplain. Oh no, no, no. But I'll tell you, I I I, I figured you know. After being in the army for, you know, in this company I was in, I, I actually did go see the chaplain one time, and, and it was, you know, it, it, let's put it this way, it had uh, extenuating circumstances. That's really, uh, you know, let's put it this way, I was up against the wall, huh? You understand? Well, I'd been in the army, you know, for about two years. I hadn't even got one, one, uh, you know, one leave, nothing, see? Because I was in this bad, bad, bad outfit, you know. They, uh, I was in an outfit so bad that they didn't have the word morale. So, you know, you've heard of outfits with low morale. Well, that's that's some kind of morale, you know. Our outfit had no morale whatsoever. So yeah, we 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 didn't we didn't get any pass or anything like that. And I was getting jumpy. And I had a twitch in my right eye, you know. So uh, I'm sitting there, and it's been it's been two years, you know. And, and uh, I'm just figuring out I got a heat rash going and all that stuff. And I'm sitting in my foot locker one day, and, and I'm looking across. We had this guy named Gray. His name was Orville Gray. Remember Orville, P.F.C. Orville Gray. Well, P.F.C. Orville Gray, he fit his name. He was kind of a, yeah, he just had that, that look, you know, he had that redneck look. He's sitting over there. And he polished his belt buckle for two years. He just sat there and polished away, you know. And I'd look at him, and after a while, it began to get me. You know, I can understand murder. I hate to say it, I can understand it. There's two guys I would have gladly have. Not gladly, no, let's put it this way. Under the right circumstances, I might have stuck a pickle fork in him. Uh, Orville Gray was one of them. And I'm sitting there one day in the tent, and Orville Gray is over there, and he's got this blitz cloth scene. He's working, he's worked through 18, 20,000 cases of blitz cloths already, you know, in two years. He's working away there on the belt buckle. I don't know why I'm telling you this story. But it is, it, 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 it's a lesson for all of us, for those of you out there that need a lesson tonight. The lesson tonight is, you go as to thou chaplain, and thou hast liable not to get what thou hast wantest. In fact, you're liable to be resenting it afterwards. Why the hell did I go down there? So uh, anyway, this is what happened. I'm sitting in there on the footlocker, and I'm looking over at Over Gray, old Orville, that's sitting over there, Orbs. He never said anything to anybody. That guy was in our company two years, never opened his trap. Maybe he didn't have nothing to say, you know. He was, he was playing it cool. He just sitting over there cleaning the belt buckle. And when he wasn't cleaning the belt buckle, he was sitting on his bunk writing a letter. 
He was writing the same letter to the same... I could just see the woman he was writing to, you know. Scares you. Whew. Boy, they breed, too. That bothers you. And uh, he's, he's sitting over there seeing he's writing his letter. Endless letter. World's probably filled with horrible grays, you know. And he's, he's writing away that letter there. And finally I said to myself, I've got to get out. I just got to get out. I got to get out. I'm going to start tunneling out of this place, you know. <laughs> I got to get out. And uh, and uh, I remember looking across the tent. There's Zinsmeister sitting over there. I said, Zinsmeister, I got to get out. And uh, you know he'd been in the army two, three years himself, you know. And he's he's going up the ladder. See, he made T five already. And uh, for those of you who don't know what T five is, that's an honorary corporal. That's a corporal they don't even allow have to know command. Just give a little stripe there. That's about it, you know. So I said to Zinsma, I said, you know, I've got to get out. I just got to go. Yeah, well. Chris, you know nobody. You, you, you got no sympathy, you know. You got no sympathy. Did you notice that? Oh, no. Guys told me what to do. One guy hollers. He's, they had an expression, you know, which I can't use on the air. But uh, it was pretty colorful. So I'm sitting there, you know. I, I I knew I was silly to bring it up like that, that I was getting jumpy, you know. So so I, I wandered out into the sun and, and uh, walked on down to this tent we had, which was our orderly room, you know. And I, I walked past the orderly room there, seeing I see the first sergeant in there, and he's picking his teeth, and he's got his feet up on that L.C. Smith typewriter, you know, and... He's yelling at the CQ. I remember he's, he's telling the CQ, you know, to get on a stick. So I walked past, and I, I, I figured I'm going to make one more try. So I go silent, and I said, uh, excuse me, Sergeant Kowalski. He said, what do you want? I said, I'd like to uh, I'd like to put in an application for a pass. He said, you what? I said, I, and he stood up, you know, put his foot down there, and he didn't have no shoes on, so he jumped up, he... Sat down again. He got something stuck in his foot. And he sat down. He's rubbing his foot. He says, "You, you what do you say?" I said, "I'd like to get a pass, Sergeant. I'd, I'd like, you know, I'd like to go. I'm getting twitchy. My eyes jumping like that, and and it's a hardship case." And he says, "Whose hardship?" I said, "Well, my hardship. My eye is jumping like that. I'm, 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 I'm twitching all over the place, and I can't stand no more of this warm jello we get every night. I got to get out somewhere. I got to." I started to cry. You know, that doesn't do no good with a guy like Kowalski. <laughs> he said, get up, you. He said, what do you mean? He said, he said, everybody else in this company wants a pass. How come I gave one to you? Why you? I said, well, because I'm twitching. And he said, get out of here. He said, why, I'll tell you what, you, why don't you go down and see the chaplain? Of course, you know, that that was purely a, yeah, well, you were not, well, you don't take that literally, you know. That's like when you're walking down the street and the guy comes up and he says, How are you feeling, Fred? You don't stop and tell him. You don't tell him you got a thing down here in your rib that's hurting you over the back there and you got a thing down here, you know, and your foot goes and once in a while your knee goes out on you when you step too high. You, know, you don't go through it. It's, it's a high, you know, it's just, just talk. So he says to me, he says, Go see the chaplain. <laughs> and he goes back to picking his teeth. He just pick his teeth away, you know, and you hear that. And once in a while, he'd suck on his teeth. He, Kowalski had that little habit. You know, when you live with guys for a couple of years, you get to know every possible thing they do, good things and bad things. And, you know, he, he had a way of going, he'd suck away at his teeth there. See, there's a piece of uh, corned beef, I think it was, he mentioned one day. There's a piece of corned beef stuck in his tooth there. It'd been over four years. He ain't beginning to have, uh, he's working on it. One day he's going to come out, you know, and he, he's sucking away there. 
So I, yeah, I just walk out into the sun. The sun is beating down on my head. And I started to wander back to our tent, and I could hear that blitz cloth going. Orville Gray is still in there, cleaning away at that belt buck. I, you know. So I, I turned into the the day room. We had this tent. It had this old pool table in it, you know. And once in a while, they'd lay a blanket over the top, and it went, you know, the night after payday, and they'd roll them bones. Oh, listen, I saw a guy one time. I, I, I'll tell you about that. You ever see a real big crap game going? Oh, man. If you've ever seen really big time crafts world, you know that you you are looking. I, I don't even know. I don't even understand it. I mean, they're so good, you know. Did you ever get in one of those games? You did, George. One time. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you good at it? Pretty good, huh? Well, you still got your ears. So I guess you did pretty good. I'll tell you. Uh, I saw one time. I saw a crap game at at two o'clock in the morning. In a uh, in a day room, and these guys had a chair which they had laid on top of a pool table. You know, the back of the chair, the the, the seat of the chair. See, yeah, they're rolling the, the bones up against the seat of the chair, and they had a GI blanket, roll just laid down over it. See, that's the way they do it, right? And uh, this, the, they had the light pulled down low. Everything's turned off, and there's about forty guys in there, and they're from companies all around. Must been the uh, must have been 20 companies represented there. And uh, this little short tech sergeant, little short tech sergeant there, and uh, he had these mean, little mean beady eyes. And uh, he's rolling them bones. I never saw anything like it in my life. I mean, these guys, you can hear them calling, yelling back and forth. You know, I'll fade, I'll fade, I'll fade. Oh, man, and you hear those bones go. They'd roll down yelling. You see the money pile up? Well, I wandered in. See, I was innocent. I just wandered in there. And uh, I had about four or five dollars in my pocket, you know, which was ridiculous. The, there, listen, there was four or five dollars just laying on the floor. It just fell off the table. I don't even look at that kind of money, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's right. And I couldn't believe it, you know. This money is piled up there. It was stacked up. It was about a foot high. I never saw a pile of money like that, you know. And these guys are rolling the bones. If you've never seen anything like that, I've never seen anything in the movies like that. You know, they they, they just don't capture the tenseness of it. Oh, boy. And I watched that for a while, and I saw this little tech sergeant. He just cleaned them out. I tell you, he plucked them like a chicken, like one of the Purdue chickens you hear about, you know. He just cleaned them, I mean, just like peeling an apple. I never saw anything. He took the core and everything, you know. And uh, it was about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm getting sleepy. Because, you know, Reveille's another hour away, you know. And he just stuck this stuff on his fatigues, this money in fistfuls like that. He must have had $5,000. He just wandered out to the night. Boy, well, you know, I, so so you see all kinds of sights, and so I'm walking down through the through the company street, and the sun is beating down. I go into the day room there, you know, and these two guys are playing ping pong. That even bugged me, you know. The same two guys been playing ping pong for a year and a half, you know, just playing. You never could get near the table. The same guys are always playing endless game, going back and forth. So I stood there for a while. I walked over and I put a dime in a coke machine. Nothing didn't even give me no coke, you know. And, oh, it's, everything is bugging me. I'm getting hot. And so I, I, I go out in the sun again. And I walk along there, and all of a sudden it hit me. By God, I will go to the chaplain. I go to the chaplain. They always say, go see your chaplain. I said, I'll go see my chaplain. I said, I'll, I'll do that. 
Christians. I, you know, I never went to church, nothing like that. I, I, I knew there was a chaplain down there that had this place down there. And had a, so I, I, I walk on down there, seeing my fatigues. I got my fatigue hat on. I straighten it up, you know, so I look kind of good, you know. <laughs> I straighten my fatigue hat up, and I <laughs> pull up my leggings, and <laughs> you know, blouse my pants. And you always blouse them down the bottom there. And so, uh, you know, I buttoned up my shirt so that the dog tags wasn't hanging out. A lot of sweat dripping off them. So I walk on down there, and I stand in front of this tent where the where the, where the the chaplain had this little cross on the top there. See, and there's this tall, skinny guy that's a chaplain's assistant. Did you ever see those guys? He's sitting in there, and he's typing away at something. And behind him is this little portable organ. So I, I, I look in there, and I said, excuse me. He says, yes, what can I do for you? I said, excuse me, but I'd like to see the chaplain. He said, well, what about? I said, well, excuse me, but I want to see the chaplain. Are you the chaplain? Well, I could tell he was no chaplain. You know, he's sitting there chewing tobacco. He he was PFC. I figured he couldn't be the chaplain. You know, no PFC is a chaplain there, you know. So I said, I'd like to see the chaplain. And, you know, he didn't rank me. I was a PFC, you know, so he's not going to shove me around. He says, uh, says, "What, what do you want to see him for, soldier? I said, well, uh, soldier, I'd like to see him because I'd like to see him. So I'd like to see him because I want to see him. You know, I don't want to see him. Does that make sense? Got to see him. He said, is this a private matter you want to talk to him about, or is this a matter pertaining to religious problems? I said, well, it may be both, actually. It depends on how I'm going to work it. Uh, you know, it, if if I have to rely on religion to get me a pass, I was going to rely on religion. You know, if I got to get down on my knees, I'm going to start hollering. You know, I, I didn't make a note. He's for what is your denomination? I said, my what? He says, what is your denomination? I said, denomination. You mean uh, my blood type? I'm O. He said, no. What what uh, what is your denomination? You you have a religious denomination. Please, I cannot allow you to see the chaplain unless I fill out this form. I said, for, you're filling out a form? He said, yes, what do you think I'm doing here? Said, now, what is your denomination? I said, what do you mean denomination? I, I don't have no... He said, well, you got to go, well, all right, I'll put down, uh, all right, I'll put down, uh, let's see, where you look, I'll put down Protestant, right? I said, well, I'm, I'm not protesting nothing, I just want, I want to talk to him, I don't, you put down whatever you want, but I got to see the chaplain. So, all right. So he's stamping it. See, he's got some kind of a stamp like that. See. So all right, he says, "Here, you take this form. You take it down." He says, "Get Sergeant Kowalski to sign it." I said, "I gotta go back to Kowalski to get." He says, "I'm sorry." He says, "Here, you take this form. This form 17D WL. You take it down and have him sign it, and you can see the chaplain." Wow, doggone it, you know. So I got a yellow form. And it's stamped all over there. It says denomination, everything else. Now it says application to apply to talk to in private conference the chaplain. He's signed by the sergeant. So I take it down to Kowalski. You know, it's very embarrassing at this point. I walk in and Kowalski says, what do you want? He's got his feet back up on that L.C. Smith. He says, what do you want? And I says, uh, I'd like to have you sign this, sergeant. I want to see. He says, you're going to see the chaplain. You really are, aren't you? <laughs> I said, that's right, Sergeant. He said, well, all right. He says, you let me know what happens. So he stamps it like that, and he writes his name on it. See, he hands me the form. So now I'm official. See, I got Sergeant Kowalski, 1st Sergeant, Company K, 3162nd Signal Air Warning Battalion, Signal Corps.
So I goes traipsing on back to the tent there, you know, with this PFC, and I says to him, he's practicing the organ now, you know. He's turned down, he's playing Little Rock of Ages, you know, and he's playing it away there. And I said, uh, excuse me, uh, do you know bringing in the sheaves? He says, why, indeed I do. And uh, he starts playing. I says, how about a little cow-cow boogie? You got that in there, too? You knock out a little thing out there? How about the little boot-lamb shake? And he says, I have no idea what you're talking about. And do you have your form? I said, I indeed do. So I hand him a form. He stops playing the organ. I take a look at the form. You know, we're sitting there for a minute. He says, excuse me, and I'll see whether the chaplain is ready to take you now at this point, whether he's busy or not. So he goes into the other part of the tent. They had this little thing there, and he walks in. I hear him talking. He comes out. He says, chap, yes, I see. The chaplain will see you in just a moment. So I says, okay. So I walk in. The chaplain's sitting there, you know, and he's got his feet up there, and he's drinking uh, orange juice. At least I thought it was orange juice until I sat there for a while. It was a funny smell in the air, and I figured there's a little more than orange juice than the orange juice there, and I says, chaplain, I, sir, I, 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 I got a problem. He said, what is your problem, son? Sit down. I said, well, chaplain, I, you see this eye of mine, it's twitching. He said, yes, I do believe it is. It is, it is twitching. It certainly is. It's very interesting. Do that again. So I wink my eye. He says, it is twitching. He says, you know, are you sure you don't want to go down to sick call? I mean, have him shoot something in that maybe. It looks pretty good there. And I said, no, no. Uh, you see, chaplain, my problem is I, I just got to get I just got to get out. I got to, I see that. I said, I just got to have a, a pass. He says, is that what you come down here for? I said, yeah, I got to have a pass. He leaned forward and he says, son, he said, he says, if you, if you find out some way to get a pass in this outfit, you let me know. He said, I've been trying to get out for a year and a half. I said, no kidding. No, I'm not kidding you. He said, would you like a little orange juice? I said, well, I don't believe I, 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 I think I may just do that. Just a little orange juice here. He said, well, here, give me your canteen cup. So I unstrapped my canteen. He pours me a little orange juice. And we sat there and drank orange juice. And the PFC is out there. I could hear he's, he's playing Bring It In The Sheaves. Had another orange juice. I got started, you know, I got feeling kind of good after a while. And I said, well, I'm sorry, chap. I'm I mean, sorry, excuse me, Captain. I said, I'm sorry, but I don't know. My twitch is going, though. He said, well, that's good. He said, next time you got that twitch, come back. We have a little orange juice. Best I can do for you. No, I'm skipping it. So I come wandering back, seeing I walk on down the, walk on down the company street. And I was feeling good, you know, after the orange juice. And I go in and I sit down. And I see Orville sitting there, and he's polishing his belt buckle. And I look over at Zinsmeister. Zinsmeister's sitting there, and he's... He's picking his ear, you know. I said, Zinsmeister, you ought to go out and see that chaplain. He said, what's that I smell on you? I said, what's well, uh, orange juice? I don't know what he's got in there. I think it's a beef eater or something. He said, no kidding, out the tent? I said, yeah. He said, can I go down? I said, yeah, you go on down, you get a form, you go out and see the chaplain, he'll fix you up. Ever since that day, I've, I've kind of thought chaplain's kind of good, you know? I never got no pass, but it didn't matter. My eye is still twitching, by the way. It's just still twitching. This is WOR New York, and Lester Smith comes on right now with the news.